This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 292, Three Strategies for Online Sessions. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey, it's Jason Lynette, and before I actually get into this week's content, I should probably frame something that I'm going to be talking about quite a bit here. It's a concept that is a major component inside of my online training, Hypnotic Workers. It's a major component of my certification programs, and I don't believe we've ever actually called it out specifically on this program. And let me set the stage for this, that in the hypnobirthing program popularized by Marie Mongan, she talked about active management of labor, childbirth, which is exactly the concept you expected me talking me to be talking about in this week's episode. <laughs> so active management of labor, which was somehow medical code for we're going to find a way to interact with the mother, or perhaps annoy, every 15 to 20 minutes. Come in, check a temperature, come in, stand up, walk around, come in, check a measurement, you get the idea. So this concern about can people fall asleep while they're in hypnosis? Well, given the style that I teach, given the style that I use with my clients, whether it's in person or even online, as the theme is this week, the, the catchphrase in my head is, well, good luck actually falling asleep, because it's now active management of hypnosis. So this is where I make use of a very strong hypnotic phenomenon-based approach to the hypnotic change work. And it's not just for the sake of using the phenomenon for some sort of hypno stunt or magical change. It's instead how we can use that process now to better apply over to the hyper suggestibility of the change process. So take note of that. Moments like the eye lock, the arm lock, something phenomenal happened. I make use of glove anesthesia for emotional release, which is a very interesting application. You know, it's where there's something magical happening, which is ratifying the hypnotic state, eradicating the game of, well, I felt relaxed. I don't know if I was hypnotized, but really, again, getting into the specifics of how we can then apply that over to the actual change process. So I bring that up here. Because the strategies I'm about to mention may seem a little out of nowhere if you're not someone who typically interacts with your clients during the session, which if you're not, I think you absolutely should. Because it's, again, this is going to sound like one of the more esoteric things I can say. You've maybe been in a session before where it seemed as if the client was just kind of passively going through the motions of the work, to which the solution to that is to bring your client back into the change process. So inside of this week's session, I'm gonna be talking about three specific strategies. Though if you've been around my teaching style before, we'll probably end up with five, six, or seven by the time that we're done. But getting into specific strategies, you can now better layer into your hypnotic sessions online, which of course will easily apply over to in-person sessions as well. So for more like this, you can check out hypnoticworkers.com. That's the all-access pass to my hypnosis training library in terms of techniques for change you will not find anywhere else, as well as real client session demos. 
Yes, there's classroom demos, but we're talking real paying clients who agreed to sign a waiver. And from walking in the door to walking out the door, you get to watch the entire uninterrupted work. Check that out at hypnoticworkers.com. Though we're talking about hypnotic phenomenon here. If you want early access to my hypnotic phenomenon power pack, simply head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash power. We've actually pulled out that individual module, made that available on a low-cost entry. Check that out, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash power. That's the Hypnotic Phenomenon Power Pack. And with that, let's jump directly in. Here we go. Episode number 292, Three Strategies for Online Sessions. So as a quick side note, a thank you to the community over at Mike Mandel's Facebook group, because this is where somebody posted a question about doing sessions online, which I was in session with a bunch of clients that day. And by the time it wrapped up, I think maybe 12 people had referenced me, which is actually what inspired a shorter form version uh, video presentation of this content. I wanted to hop on the podcast this week and give it to everybody. This way we can share the content all around. So let me get to this thing first. And okay, yeah, like I said, three strategies will probably end up with five, six, or seven. So a principle of mine, and this is something that has to do with hypnosis, but it has to do more with human nature. This is the power of the classic, that's right application and hypnosis, that for anything somebody is doing that they haven't yet done before, the natural intention is to be screening in your head going, am I doing this right? Someone's learning an exercise. Someone's learning a dance move. Somebody is driving a rental car. Somebody is now suddenly a parent. We're talking a big category here. Somebody is now doing something for the first time that they've never done before. And the natural intention is to be checking in and going, am I doing this right? So for those with any level of hypnosis training, the power of whenever the client does something verifiable, they adjust, they smile, they scratch, they respond to a suggestion, the utterance of the phrase, that's right, serves as an incredible ratification filter, as well as, yes, indeed, a great deepening factor. Or a moment where you can see the client has hit some, hit some sort of emotional breakthrough or epiphany, this is where now, again, using the phrase, that's right, ratifies that something has happened. So this is where, let me give you my official opinion, and I'd say this openly to clients, and I know some of my clients listen to this program, there's no secrets here. It's the fact that the moment I give somebody very specialized instructions that you have to do it this one specific way, gives the mind an out to go, that's why it didn't work for me. Gives us a bit of a scapegoat in the process. So I firmly believe the session would be better, again, assuming we're working online, if you are wearing high quality noise cancellation headphones, you're in a room all by yourself with no one interrupting you. The room is an ideal room temperature, temperature which again, my joke is always as long as you're inside, it's always room temperature. Think about that for a moment. So it's where, again, the use of maybe headphones would be ideal. That being said, the moment I have given you a filter as to something you need to have, but then maybe don't have it, now the mind goes into this spiral of going, it's probably not going to work for me because I don't have that thing. So I would rather you listen to me on speakerphone on your phone than, and be okay with that, as it really is, to be fair, to be in that environment rather than go, oh, I don't have those types of headphones, that's going to be a challenge. So what I'm getting at here is 
I give my online sessions as much as I am captain onboarding right now in the shape of my business, the way that my clients watch a webinar before they even can schedule with me, before we even talk to each other, before we even book. There's a number of checkpoints in the process to check for motivation, as well as to be, I'll call it, working with the ideal clients that I'm the most excited to work with that I know I absolutely can help. So as much as I am captain onboarding in the shape of Virginia hypnosis these days, I'm surprisingly not giving a ton of instructions in advance of the online session. Here's a couple of reasons why. It would be great if their webcam were tilted down so I could see the tops of their hands maybe on the arms of the chair. But then again, if you're on a laptop, that's going to be really easy because the laptop can pivot the angle up and down really easily. If you've got an external Logitech webcam like I've got, which are massively in demand in 2020, so good luck getting price gouged on eBay or Amazon for those, but they're worth it. Get one. I use the C920. I think it's either a C922 or 23 is the new model. They're Logitech, you're in good hands. Shop on Amazon, look for five-star reviews, and you're going to be all right. They're constantly upgrading models. So again, people ask me what video camera I use. They don't make it anymore because I got it three or four years ago. So again, if they're on an external webcam, some of those have a feature that they can pivot. But then again, a lot of people are doing online sessions on their phone, on a tablet device, which is maybe in a situation where if they tilt it, it's going to fall over. So again, I did produce a video of here is the ideal camera angle. And as soon as I sent it to people, they were in a panic going, if I tilt my iPad that direction, it's going to fall over. So just in sort of the setup here, I am giving surprisingly very few instructions because whatever situation you give me, it's my job as the hypnotist, as the practitioner to make that work. Let me throw out a quick exception here though which would be that when I'm recording the podcast, you know, that is a different conversation. That is something that's going out with the goal of broadcast quality. And this program, Work Smart Hypnosis, typically is either recorded solo with the software Adobe Audition, or it's recorded as an interview with a very specific piece of software that's, I'll call it out, not made for online sessions. So don't even consider it for that, but it's called Squadcast which the cool thing about that is it records local audio on both sides. The new program launching later in October, Hypnotic Language Hacks, which is geared towards the business community, that's going to be a video podcast, which is then going to be pulling out the audio for the podcast streaming, but then also available on YouTube and other platforms as well. You know, that we're going to be recording probably on Zoom. So what I'm getting at is understand your environment. So because I'm not looking for broadcast quality, in a one-to-one client session, you know, I don't give a lot of instructions. If you were a guest on a podcast, though, and you told me you didn't have a USB microphone, I would be sending you a link on Amazon. (laughs) Hey, this is your opportunity to be showcased and to uh, be, you know, heard by thousands of people around the world. What is it now we're recommending? Either the Blue Yeti or the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB, if that's still the model, or again, they might have upgraded it. Because again, different environment. I'm not doing that with my clients because only one of us needs to have quality sound if I happen to be recording it. So this is a bit of a bonus in terms of what I was going to talk about here because it's not really a strategy. It's the lack of a strategy. Whatever environment you give me, whoever's the most flexible in their communication drives the communication. That's why I don't give a lot of instructions there because any environment 
I'm going to make it work. Let's get now into the specific strategies. Here's the overriding principle, though. As I heard, I believe, Jess Marion talk about for the first time, and I think this was in her book about the swish pattern, describing the technique is doing the technique. So by giving you a bit of instruction in a bit of an indirect way, it's allowing me now to give very pointed instructions for later. So you know what, before we begin this process today, make sure you can kind of scoot a little bit further back from that table. That way, if I ever have you point your arm out directly in front of you with a closed fist, when you're lifting up the hand, you're not gonna bang it on the table. Sound good? Okay, great. Which by giving that instruction, there's strategy number one, as simple as that was. By giving that instruction, what's happened now is the benefit that I've already pre-framed at some point, they may be putting their arm out in front of them. Again, active management of hypnosis, I can now give that instruction with even less exposition. Just go ahead and squeeze your hand into a fist and put it directly out in front of you, as I mentioned before, is all I have to say. Rather than, you know, I, I ask for the instruction and now their arm is sticking straight up, when no, I really want it pointed straight out in front of them, parallel with the floor beneath them. So I've positioned them in such a way that now we're ready for that moment later in the session if I were to do a hypnotic phenomenon of an arm lock. But again, the benefit is I've now set myself up for using even less words. So make sure you're a good distance from that table, from that desk, from the whatever it is. That way, if I ever were to ask you to stick it out in front of you like this, they can see me. Ooh, there's a preview. They can see me, and that's a hint in terms of exactly what I'm asking for. Do they have to be sitting upright? No, I have seen so many headboards in 2020. Just let that statement sink in for a moment. <laughs> so many clients doing sessions in their uh, bedrooms. And, uh, oh, this popped up in a training this past week. Well, how do you do the session if the client's holding, their holding the phone in their hand? Well, the answer is, I let them. And then eventually I go, hey, go ahead and just kind of lean that up against something so at least I can see your face during the session. As easy as that. And I've yet to have someone who could not comply with that. Whether it was a glass of water by the nightstand, whether it was a lamp, whether it was something else, or even one time, here's the other pillows. They bunched them up, they put the phone on that, and I could at least see their face. If I can see your face in the session, I'm good to go. So somehow give an instruction without giving the instruction. That's the good distance from the table strategy if we want to brand that with a name and trademark it. Three of you laughed at that statement. So this gets us to a classic moment, which I've referenced here before, and this was the crux of the question in the Mike Mandel group, which is where I did the video, which is then was shared over there, but now on the podcast, and here's our loop. So the floppy arm drop in a Dave Elman induction which take note, even if you don't do a Dave Elman induction, this is a really cool hypnotic deepener. Typically, it would be I would reach over, remember that, physical contact, reaching over, and as I pick up this arm, let that thing just dangle there like a soaking wet dish rag, and as it falls, just let it plop right back into your lap, let that take you even deeper. That's the classic strategy in our age of physical distancing and a resurgence and a renaissance of online sessions. We're not doing it that way. However, what could I do? Well, first of all, before the Elmans can call me, hey, Cheryl, hey, Larry, enjoy the puppy and kitten. So this is a situation where, remember, in a Dave Elman induction, that moment is not about a floppy arm drop. That moment is about arm catalepsy, which is either a complete and total locking of the muscles or a complete and total relaxation of the muscles. So that floppy arm drop is actually about large muscle catalepsy. You could change it out to other large muscle catalepsy, send all that relaxation down to your feet, 
And notice now the more you try to lift those feet, they just become even more relaxed. Try to lift them, they just lay there. Try to pick them up, they relax even more. That's also large muscle catalepsy. We could instead go to the other end of the spectrum with catalepsy and do a stiff and rigid arm. That works too. However, I want to use that later for something else. So I'm still doing the floppy arm. Hey, before we get started, you can still see me, right? And I can at least see your shoulder, so that's enough for this. Let your right hand just kind of lift up off your leg like two or three inches, just a couple of inches. And now just let it really plop down like a wet dish rag. Good. If you can do that, you can handle everything we're about to do today. Sound good? Awesome. And there's my setup. I've done that in advance of the session. So now, again, I don't have to give it all the preamble and all the setup in advance. And that way now I'm set up for the deepener. And again, it's just a few inches off the lap. If they ever do something incorrectly here, it's that they lift it several feet. And it's like, no, 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 just a few inches off your leg or the side of the bed. Just lift it up and just let it plop down like a sack of potatoes. Change the metaphor for what you want. Let it just plop down. Good. And this is where I lean in and I smile and say, if you can do that, you can handle everything we're about to do today. It's a playful moment, but now we're set up for the deepener. So later on, I'm in session in a transitional moment and I want to use a deepening strategy. Let the hand lift up as we did before. Just let it plop back down now. That's right. Noticing how that takes you even deeper. Remember how I talked at length about how I may not be able to see their entire body. I can at least see their face. Usually I can tell from the movement of their face or at least a shoulder that they're doing this and we're good. By the way, take the same exact strategy and rapidly here's strategy number three, which would be the idiomotor setup, such as this. If I'm using a head nod, if I'm using a finger raise, go ahead, take a finger, lift it on up and just go ahead and lower it on down. Good. If you can do that, you can handle everything we're about to do in the session today. Sound good? <laughs> and by doing so, again, we set up that awareness, we set up that ability where now it becomes that experience where you're easily able to go into that situation with, again, less instructional exposition. And by doing so, make it even easier to then streamline the process, active management of hypnosis, keep the client engaged, and be ready for whatever happens. So really take these three strategies and run it by a little bit of a litmus test inside of all the work that you do. Are there places where maybe there's a bit of a stalling point in your online sessions? Or maybe has this been one of those concerns as to why you haven't yet jumped into online sessions? Which if you look at all of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast episodes from 260 up to 270, and many more beyond that, all of the sessions during that period, we went out twice a week during that time frame, giving strategies for online sessions, interviewing top professionals in our industry who a lot of their work was already online and were kind of ready for this big pivot. So again, check out, if you go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online, that'll just redirect you over to episode number 260, which in that one, specifically the show notes, is a full tutorial as to the software I use, as to the gadgets that I recommend, other streamlining methods in terms of modifications of different inductions. Oh, here's one more thing before we wrap this up for the week. A quick solo episode to give you some useful strategies and get you out there working would be this. And let me just walk through the language of this first, and then I'll explain it. Hey, before we get started, all of these video platforms are like a straw. 
and only so much of the milkshake fits through metaphorically at a time, which is why, watch this, click, I turn off my video feed once the actual session begins. Because first of all, your eyes are going to be closed, so you wouldn't be able to see me anyway. And two, it saves us on the bandwidth, even with outstanding internet connections, it saves the bandwidth and makes the audio quality a little bit better. And I'll turn it back on when we're done. Sound good? Great. There we go. So what am I doing there? I am turning off my video feed when the session begins. Here's why. Yes, uh, Zoom can record to the cloud. I'm always recording locally because it tends to be a little faster. And, you know, that way I'm not having to delete the cloud files and pay for extra storage. Pay for Zoom, everybody. You know, there, yes, there's a free option. But when you pay for it, suddenly it gets better. I mean, we're, we're homeschooling our kids this year. We're not doing the virtual school learning. We're doing real on homeschooling, except my uh, father-in-law being a college professor is now doing science lessons for our kids by way of Zoom, which is really cool because they're getting to see grandpa. But we were using a free account at home and it kept stalling and then paid for it and they unleashed more bandwidth. Whether that's true or not, we'll find out. But again, it's a cheap expense. It's worth it. But I found this to be true though someone else's connection. Zoom works like YouTube, works like Vimeo, works like Facebook videos, where it will buffer the quality based on the, your connection. So by turning off one of the video feeds, and again, fair statement, their eyes are closed, so they wouldn't be able to see me anyway. So yes, I'm turning off my video feed the moment they close their eyes inside of the formal part of the hypnotic process, which makes it so the downloads are smaller. Yes, I'm going in and then pulling out the one audio which is just me if I'm producing an audio for the client. But that does tend to save on the bandwidth. I haven't really had the, the call drop issue as we used to with Skype. But again, ooh, strategy number seven is what we're up to. And hey, if there's ever a moment where it becomes very obvious that our connection is dropped, you'll realize it immediately, reestablish the connection, and we'll just pick up where we left off. Sound good? And that's as nonchalantly as I'm handling the call drop issue, which again... Thanks to Zoom being a better platform, that really hasn't happened for me in a while. And again, just a little bit of a safety check. I'm then turning off at least my video feed, and then that way I can still see them. So there you go. Episode number 292, we're now call it several strategies for online sessions. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for using it in your ongoing education and, well, conversations in the hypnotic profession as well, sharing it in your social media streams. Once again, you can head over to hypnoticworkers.com. That's the all-access pass to my online hypnosis training library. Or if you want a bit of a preview there, check out worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash power. That's where we've got the Hypnotic Phenomenon Power Pack, which as a note is part of Hypnotic Workers. But if you want to check out one part before jumping into the entire system, that's a great way to get started there. That's the Hypnotic Phenomenon Power Pack online at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash power. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.